Did you know that God declares that each of your family members is His artwork? That's right, Dad. Ephesians 2.10 says, For you are God's artwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works that He has prepared in advance for you to do. That means everyone in your family is God's precious, purposeful design. And yet, oh my goodness, sibling squabbles, personality clashes, character issues, parenting mistakes, sometimes family life is uh, colorful. Well, over here at the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, we have created a new, occasional, ongoing series called Uniquely United. In Uniquely United, we look at the individual personalities in your home and how to help them to mesh and blend and shine together as a family. Even with your parent imperfections and our one-of-a-kind differences and with all of those designed-by-God personalities. Every family is God's masterpiece in the making and we can all become Uniquely United. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's artwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. He calls each of us artwork. And the cool thing is that each family member, while individually is artwork, when you put us all together, we're like his masterpiece in the making and already existing. That has been one of the main themes and concepts of my ministry from the very beginning. I am so glad that now we get to take that to another level with a new series that I call Uniquely United. This has been something I've taught about for really about 20 years. It's been one of my first topics that was on my heart in my ministry, and I am just now bringing it to the podcast Today, I have my husband, Rich, with me. Hello. So he, not only have I taught this in group settings for many years, but at his work, he also teaches this. He teaches trainers as one of the roles at his position. So this is material that he comes at from a different angle than I do, which is going to be really helpful, I think. I will do many of these segments throughout you know, from now on, where the topic will be a part of Uniquely United, the series. And sometimes that will be just me. Today, it's Rich and I. Yep. As we go over the first basic level of differences between family members and one of the most basic differences between individuals, I guess I should add too that the whole reason why we want to cover this is, yes, it's to celebrate the unique aspects within our family, which is what makes us beautiful. If we each one looked the same, wow, that would be way too much of a good thing. But (laughs) we're we're all a good way to frame that we're all different parts for a purpose. We are better because our family members are different from us. That's right. Our differences allow us each to bring different strengths and at the same time, give us an opportunity to uh, grow one another. That's exactly what I was thinking is how much have I grown because you are different than I am. And, and me too. If I only saw, if I saw who I was as just perfect, <laughs> um, that didn't need to, 
mesh with another person. Oh my goodness. That just wasn't a pretty picture when I would, I would actually say that's how I was when I came to our marriage. So <laughs> I'm sorry. So you know what that's like? Yeah. Then? <laughs> well, you know what that's like. Yes. Yes. And I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we, we both had growing to do and, and we were very different. And because we didn't understand ourselves, each other, and, and how to work within these differences, the, the, the purposes of the differences and the nuances of each of us and our personalities the way they were at the time, it did contribute to problems. Yeah, we, we had a lot of conflict because of it. And now over time, because we have worked on how to blend and how to compromise and how to build one another up with our own individual strengths, as we have begun applying that to our kids' lives as well, then we have given them glasses to wear when they interact with the world so that they understand the whole world isn't like me. <laughs> you know, I am how I am, but it is my role to blend with others and bless others even though I am different from them and they are different than from me, we are to bless one another. You know, that is such a good point. The differences of our kids from others they will meet and others they will rub shoulders with throughout their journeys in life, how much more of a blessing to others would it be for them to bless those around them who are not like them, to bless others for whom they must go out of their way and make significant effort to bless. How much more of a blessing is that when the other realizes that it took effort and intentionality? Hmm. You know, it is like our world shouts the message, this is the way I am. Accept me like I am. I don't care if I offend. I don't care if I step on toes. And I don't care if you don't like me and, you know, all of that. And while we shouldn't just be, you know, jello or something that totally conforms to what someone else wants, we should always be empathetic and considerate and seeking to work together and live in harmony and peace with one another and not be self-centered. I think you're right. You make a good point. I think of it as it's good not necessarily to shrink away from others who might judge us for being different, but at the same time, we make an effort to grow into an empathetic and an understanding and a grace-giving person to others. The more we can equip our kids to interact with the world more effectively, then what we do is we remove a lot of roadblocks for job opportunities, for ministry opportunities, for just self-growth as well. You know, just any opportunities that come their way to remove the roadblocks of communication issues, the better. Of course, we can't eliminate all communication issues, but if we have equipped them in how to deal with different types of people and to understand themselves better, definitely, then we are setting them up for a smoother road. Yes, absolutely. So that's a lot of the reason why this is a, a big passion, particularly of Valerie's in her ministry, but also I have really come to enjoy this type of material as well. So, I, Well, I really have to add one more thing before we go into the first section, and that is that ultimately, while all of that is very, you know, here's some practical reasons why we should care about this issue, the, the bottom line, the ultimate deal is that we want to bring God glory. 
And it is hard for our family to bring him glory if we are clashing all the time, if we're not meshing. Obviously, my my book, Clash in Your Home, stemmed from seeing the ways within our household where we were clashing and realizing, hey, this is harmful to us, and it's also not bringing God glory. And so we want to be truly a masterpiece that reflects Him and that says God is good and that his creation is as well. So anyway, that's that's really got to be our bottom line reason for anything we do in life. And then there was that little tidbit that Jesus said before he left for heaven that we should love one another too, you know. There's yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> that's a good point. That is equally we're to love God well, and love others. And, and that's that's one way we do that is right. by uh, understanding ourselves enough to uh, give each other grace in our differences. Yeah. So okay. So this is exciting stuff. Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, let's do it. So what is the one of the most base elements of differences between people? One of those most basic and fundamental differences that's usually pretty easy to spot uh, among people is, is this a fast-moving person or a slow moving person. And when I say moving, I don't mean they physically are moving fast. I mean, they relate quickly and they do quickly and they think quickly or they some make decisions quickly. Yes. Especially, uh, sure. Some of them, they might leap a little too quickly into decisions. And then there's others, of course, who are the opposite end of the spectrum and everywhere in between. But the opposite end of the spectrum is, some who take their time, who are not in a rush, who go slow. So we generally just kind of boil it all down to, am I a fast or am I a slow? And I would say for me, since I am in some ways a fast, like once a decision is made, I want us to implement it right away. Let's go. And you are really the opposite of me in that. You want to look at things from all angles first and you want to get really comfortable with this concept <laughs> and idea. And you know, I sometimes call it marinade. You want to marinate on it a while right? Um, before it's ready. <laughs> hey, that's when it's really good, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So that can be a source of conflict between us. And, and I know I'm putting this in the context of marriage again. So let's put it in the context of kids. If you've got a fast parent and a slow kid then maybe you would be like I was for so long and still, you know, lean towards this. I have to control myself in it, but be like, hurry up, let's go. Let's, you know, make a decision. And what do you, how do you feel about this? I want to know right now. How do you feel? Well, not just how do you feel, but why are you not done with that task yet? Why are you not done with that chore yet? Why have you not obeyed me yet? There is, that is a, a drawback or a quality, a character quality that fasts often need to work on tempering is this impatience that's just inherent in that fast mindset. Right. And something we could almost look at this stuff like values. I value something being completed quickly, while the slow often values quality. Quality and thoughtfulness about it. And not that I don't value quality because I really do. I yes. mean, excellence is a really big deal to me. But one of my highest values is 
is speed of completing a task or whatever it is we're working on or a discussion <laughs> that we're having, you know, right. hurry up and spit it out. Yes. I want to say something like that. And what I did was I squashed, I, okay, I mentioned before that I would squash feelings and, and, um, even squash the atmosphere. I would say it can really negatively affect the atmosphere when someone is being all intense like that. So when you say atmosphere, you're talking about the, the vibe, the feel in the home, in the relationship? But, right, both. The atmosphere within the relationship and the atmosphere within the home can both be really negatively affected when I'm giving too much pressure like that. So one aspect of it was it caused fewer ideas to come out. Like I didn't get to learn the kids as well, especially my older kids, before I recognized this in myself, I did not get to know their deepest thoughts because I didn't give them time to bring them out. I didn't realize that, of course, or I would have stopped that. And I did. When I realized it, then I began to work on it. So I didn't get to know the deepest parts of them. And their creativity didn't get to shine as much. It didn't get to impact the family as much because I was being way too um, squashing of what was going on there. So that, and that was born out of uh, an impatience or a hurry up or so what, where was that coming from? Well, yeah, what, what you just said, both of those things. And I truly thought that I thought, just on pace. That is the, that is the appropriate pace of life. And, okay, and so and I didn't even recognize that I was a fast and that other people were slows, you know? Right. And that's, again, that's the a perfect illustration of why we teach our kids this is because we all need to understand. It's, it's natural, I'll say. I'll say it that way. It's natural for each of us to think, well, this is how I think, and I feel like I'm right. So everyone else who's reasonable like I am must think the same way and perform the same way and act the same way and be the same way because that's reasonable, right? I'm a reasonable person. But when we teach our kids that, no, there are people that God specifically designed differently and there's value in those differences, then that is, you just illustrated the perfect reason for that is when I thought everyone was like me and I thought this was right, I ended up wounding people. Yes. So, and and we can't even get into the wounding part today, I would say, because there's there's so much here that we haven't unpacked yet. I would love to unpack that. But we, wounds are something we'll have to deal with on another day. The, the wounding Days. of hearts, <laughs> the wounding of personalities, and and the, the wounding of, of intrinsic value mm-hmm. and things. Let's back up for just a second. There's two things in what we were talking about right here. Is One is, um, if I think this is the natural pace that everybody goes you know, how I am, I'm fast. And I think everybody goes at that pace. And I haven't identified that some are go a different pace. Then what I do also is make the mistake of, in my mind, accusing them of not caring about what we're talking about right now, or not caring about the task, not being in it. 
Boy, that is huge. You know, we've had conversations before, you and I, with our kids, about misinterpreting each other and just misunderstanding each other's hearts, partly due to that uh, not recognizing the differences in personalities. That's big. Yeah. And right there with that is expectations. Yeah. I have an expectation that this this task or this conversation is going to last this amount of time. That expectation, if I will adjust that, then I will be able to have a better attitude when we're in the middle of it. So now that I'm aware that I am different, that there is not a norm that is my pace, then that helps me to adjust my expectations as well. So I want to get to some really practical ideas or really practical points here. What can a mom who is a fast do to relate better to some of her kids who are slow? But before we get into that, should we perhaps flip the table here and say, what about a mom who is a slow trying to relate to her children who might be fasts? Well, just to keep confusion down, maybe we'll stick with the the fast mom for a minute. Okay. And so, or fast parent, you know, sure. if it's a dad listening, we we have lots of dads that listen. So, okay. Um, hey, dads. Good for them. Yes. <laughs> you, Welcome. You guys are brave. <laughs> Way to go. Okay. So let's say the parent is fast mm-hmm. and they're dealing with a slow. Then one thing we can do is we can give them a warning. Hey, we are going to have a conversation about this tomorrow or in an hour or 30 minutes from now. That way, the slow gets more time to think it, think about it. Another thing that I can do is tell that slow, which I, I hate to call them that in that um, it's misunderstood. Right. We, we, that's true. We don't, we are not saying that their mind moves slowly. Often, you guys are thinking about a hundred more things than I'm thinking about. Right. If you boil it down to really, and and we don't have to get into the depth of this, but it comes down to fasts are often pretty black and white. They see the surface facts of a situation and they deal with those. And there are times when that is right. And slows, partly they may be slow because they are emotional and they're dealing with emotions about something. But sometimes slow is one of our sons in particular. We were frustrated uh, sometimes uh, with him during his growing up because he would seem to move so slowly and and process slowly. And then we discover later as he's in high school, wow, he's thinking about a lot of angles to this situation and just thinking about a lot of the context and deeper things that that we never knew was going on in his mind. He wasn't processing emotionally necessarily, but he was just looking at so many angles and aspects to a situation. And so once we learned that, we saw, wow, there is tremendous value in his taking his time. Right. I I get really sad when I think about this issue in a lot of ways. My oldest daughter and our oldest child who is a daughter, Tori, and you guys have heard her on the podcast several times. She was a slower 
thinker, you know, not, not because her mind is moving slowly, but she is analyzing relational things mm-hmm. and just a lot of different aspects that she is analyzing. But she is going to come up with answers that are really deep. Very wise. Yeah. And how very sad that so much of her young years, I didn't realize that. I didn't value that because I didn't even know it existed because I never let it come to the surface. Right. And that breaks my heart. And definitely we had a lot to work through because of that. She has a lot to work through because I was like that. It was like this hidden gem was there and I wasn't looking for it. And that is just heartbreaking to realize now. But we have to understand, moms and dads that might be listening, that no matter what personality type your child is, they are a hidden gem. And it's one of the greatest privileges in all the world that we get to help discover that. We get to help discover the unique artwork of that child if we will take a step back and recognize that maybe there's some aspects about us as a parent that we need to dial back. Mm-hmm. And and so this being just one of them. Okay, uh, so a, a little bit ago, though, you mentioned the give them a warning. Hey, I want to have a conversation along these lines in a little bit. Give them some time frame. And that gives them a chance to start uh, thinking that through and getting their mind there and their emotions, if that's the type of, of, of child that they are. Are there other yeah, practical... Well, and de- same with if there's a, a task that is going to come up, giving them warning ahead of time. Hey, I'm going to have this task for you this afternoon or tomorrow afternoon. The The more warning we can give them, the more they've had time to get themselves there. And That's often, it. because they're thinking about so many different aspects of this, it's also not just warning that they need, but... but um, and I'll say reasons, your rationale, not justification. You don't have to justify your decisions and your requests to your child, but giving them a little bit of the rationale, what you're thinking uh, for your reason behind it will also could also help them as well. So now can we flip that table around and, and talk about I'm a slow parent trying to deal with a fast moving child? What are some practical things? Well, first of all, do we unpack that dynamic? What are some of the pitfalls or risks in a scenario like that? Well, a fast kid often is leaping before they look. That is true. So they're not thinking things through as, as well as we would like them to as a parent. But they also have a lot of potential to get a lot done. And they're also in a lot of ways, more brave because they aren't overthinking things. They are willing to risk a little bit. And there's a lot of growth that happens in risk. Mm -hmm. But at you being a slow parent, what are some ways you've had to modify? What are some ways I had to modify? Well, how do you deal with Emma? She's a fast. You need some time to think about it. I do need some time to think about that. (laughs) Okay, so... She didn't give me warning. (laughs) I'm a slow, in case you didn't recognize. (laughs) What do you see as a fast? You typically are able to pick out 
things like that? What are some things that you've seen? That I have seen that you've needed to how, modify? Uh, how have I or other slows needed to modify to deal with a fast? That is not, I will say, that is not as difficult, I think, an assignment for a parent as a fast parent dealing with a slow child simply because of the impatience thing. Well, that is not... I'm, oh, go I'm ahead. thinking of some things here, though, such as being slower, you tended to let them get away with more things, partly because it was going to take you a little while to muster up the... I don't know if courage is the right word, but you don't like conflict. And so getting yourself to stop them doing something means getting you to overcome that desire to not have conflict, that would be something that you would need to work on. I'll tell you something else that that what you just said makes me think of is um, giving in scenarios where consequences might be needed or where correction is needed. Sometimes as a slow, a slow is going to take a little bit to process and to figure out a wise response to that. And so sometimes it might be the right thing to tell a fast, a child who is fast to, hey, you know what, you go, and Valerie has said this on the on the podcast other times, but you go and you sit and you pray about this and you give me some time because I need some time to figure out how to deal with what just happened, how to deal with what I just learned about and how to, pro you know, I need some time to first off process it and maybe ask you more questions. Uh, so anyway, that's that's one thing that, that I think of. And then if we look at a slow parent with a fast child when the child's a little bit older, they will behave impatiently to you, which can come, can in a lot of ways, a, a fast almost has a lot of confidence when they're in fast mode. And so they... Um, it can be easy to look down on a slow when you're a fast. And so your child begins to look down on you. They're older. They may be their junior high or high school. And so they are starting to um, show some signs of disrespect there. Yes. It is important for you, the slow, to have a backbone and say, the way you're speaking to me is not, it's not okay for you to come across as disrespectful to me just because you want me to have a decision quicker or respond to you quicker and what's going on here. And this is not an acceptable way to treat me. And it's also not an acceptable way to treat others. So as you, the slow, teach someone how to treat you, it's very important that a fast, not ram their ways over the top of everybody else and they learn, hey, I cannot be disrespectful to others just because they're not going the pace I want them to go. We really are out of time. We will come on another time and the, the next step that we'll go with this is task versus people. Mm -hmm. Some Some people are people people and some people are task people. And so we'll go there next. Right. We really hope that just this little glimpse into the to the very fundamental pieces of this type of thinking has uh, helped, has been a blessing. And uh, I'm looking forward to the more of these discussions. I, I love this material. I know you do too, Val. So uh, hopefully it's blessing you, the listeners. 
my intentional mom friend. It's an honor to meet with you every week to help equip and encourage you in your worthy journey of being mama to your masterpiece. If this podcast is a blessing to you, won't you please take the time to share it with moms that you know, and then head over to practicallyspeakingmom.com to subscribe to my weekly email containing a blog post and podcast Join me on Instagram at Practically Speaking Mom and in the private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. See you next week. Mm-hmm.